Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Oh, I'm on? I didn't hear the, the beep sounded odd. Sorry. I'm sorry for what must have been dead air. Um, <laughs> That's usually my gag. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I heard the sort of, I, hi, Suze. I heard the kind of little, it didn't sound, the beep did not sound like it normally does. It sounded like I thought, uh-oh, we're going to have a show where technically we're screwed up. But uh, here, here we are, Susan and me. It's a Tuesday. It's January nineteenth, and tomorrow uh, is the day we've all been waiting for, kind of, sort of, anxious about, and all eager that. for and anxious. No, anxious, really anxious. Yeah. <clears throat> well, anxious, uh, anxious about, but I am truly eager to yeah. step over to to jump over the broom, as it were, and. Uh, and get on with our lives. Well, um, <laughs> I don't think that tomorrow's going to be the restart that we necessarily Oh, I know. Want. Of course not. Because we've been left with such a, I mean, I just started the morning with the same conversation that I have had with our mother, for, you know, which is, Susan, you are keeping track of um, when I'm supposed to sign up for the, because she's reading the newspaper and she's in the vaccine. Yeah. And I had just finished reading in my survey of newspapers, and I was reading in my hometown St. Louis newspaper about how 173,000 people had signed up and had appointments for vaccines in St. Louis County. Of course, they only had 875 doses. Yeah, right. So, I mean, just generally, this is being handled so really it, badly. So, I don't understand the messaging here. Because the messaging itself is creating the next problem and the next bottleneck by suggesting that there's something you have to do in order to make sure that you get yours as fast as possible. This is, this is crazy, guys. I mean, we need to just sit down and wait for there to be sufficient vaccine, which if we don't keep tripping each other and throwing each other out of the lifeboats, will happen sooner rather than later. So let's just stop it. We're adding to our own stress and anxiety. We all know the truth. There isn't vaccine. So stop trying to kill yourself to get it the next week or two. You'll get it the next month or two. Hold on to that idea. Okay? This, I just needed to say that. I'm re I don't understand why any of the people in charge can't give a clear message. Well, I think the people at the state and local level can't give a clear they're message even because, they're not, because, because they're not getting a clear message since the federal government has been screwing this up 
from day one and and and, and leaving leaving all of this to, i mean the the i know it ends up getting into the hands of this hospital here, this drugstore there, and then they're supposed to fi- figure out how right. to get Right, and why what? does this provider get more than that provider, and how I, are these decisions it, it, being made? I yeah. understand there's all of that, but I'm more basic than that. I don't know why we're saying we're opening up vaccinations to the next group. No, you aren't. You don't have vaccine. Well, I know in Pennsylvania we have not been told that the next. Well, group I'm is just saying up. that if people are hearing these messages, they put they put pictures up of lines in Florida to get vaccine. I haven't seen that anyplace else. I have to say, no. um, so it makes you wonder how come Florida got. No, I've seen vaccine. that in California too. There, that, it, it, every state is doing it differently. It, it, it is as usual American chaos. Uh, because we don't have, we didn't have a federal response. Well, okay, I'm just begging for some clear messaging and leading well, with the with the real message. Don't if hold your breath. The real message is we we don't have vaccine right now. When we do, we'll be clearly calling your group. Yeah, exactly. You know, how I figure, hard is that? Yeah, I know. I'm just waiting for my my doctor to let me know that uh, they've got it. You know, for me, I you know, people have got to, yeah, you're right. Ditto. Calm down, everybody. Calm down. We've been the elbows. The elbows flying is again right, uh, right, making right, us right. The nightclub is not on fire, and you don't have to get out of the exit door before the ten people in front of you. So just keep keep doing what you're doing. Try and figure out what the facts are among all of the drivel. And and let's get on to, you know, other things that we can do something about. But this is just driving me crazy. Because, and it's driving yeah. me crazy because I got people calling me right and left, all believing like there's something I'm to do to help myself, to help my mother. To help, you know, no. All right, Suze, calm down now. All right, calm I'm down. just saying. I'm just... You're, you're, you're on pretty, you're pretty high up there in terms of, you know, for the show, which is just beginning. I know. Can't, we can't Isn't imagine nice? where and it's where just you'll about be. vaccines. And I mean, you know, it's not even not about, about Arizona and Bone Bart. Bobert. Bobert. I refuse yeah. to learn her name. <laughs> I don't know. She. Yeah. She, what? Uh, giving a reconnaissance. Uh, you know. She had the shirtwaist and black pumps. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, if you think things are you know, chaotic uh, in your life and out here. Can you imagine right now, let's all try to be capable of empathy. Put yourself in the shoes. Of the people of, at the White House. <laughs> yeah, at the, at the White House staff right now. I mean, I cannot even begin to imagine. Actually, tomorrow at this time. Well, God spend the night of hell. They are moving in. They they aren't even asking to do that. They're spending the night at Blair House. I think it's no. They're right. spending the night at Blair House the tonight. night before. Oh, tonight. No, they'll move in on. Uh, that's the way it well, happens. You, you know how the Trumps famously demanded new toilets. Um, I would too. No, listen, stop <laughs> it. You don't want to sit on his yeah, yeah. toilet. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be any, yeah, I know, but, you know, it's just, no. They're, but they're for the gonna, people that are worried about them, you know, sleeping on the, on the same bed, I I have to, in my in my 
little little Jewish mother heart, I have to believe that they changed the mattresses between presidential families. Well, the fact is, is that families can move their own things in. And so a lot of families bring their own beds. They do. They want their own furniture. Apparently, uh, the Carters were one of the few in modern times who pretty much didn't bring a damn thing. And, And so all of, you know, that stuff can all be supplied. But the amazing logistics of um, of having everything belonging to the Trumps out of there uh, by the time the Bidens move in in that same day and having the Biden stuff in um, so that when they return to the White House tomorrow, it's it will home. feel like they're home somehow. Now, what's gotten in the way of this is, of course, um, uh, the Trump's refusal to... Uh, the petulant behavior of the first family. Yeah. So so um, even though the Obamas were so gracious to them, uh, Michelle meeting with uh, Melania... picture that I just watched uh, about a half an hour ago of that time. And Trump marches up the steps and grabs Michelle by the arms on each side and kisses, you know, kisses her in the European style. And I'm thinking, you have said the most disgusting things about her publicly at that point. And she has to stand there like a big girl and let you kiss her. What I don't get, though, is they say that all these moving uh, vans are already showing up at Mar-a-Lago. And, um, oh, I saw them moving out of, uh, they've showed vans moving out of the White House. Last no, week. I know, but th- what about that? The fact what about that they're Mar-a-Lago not allowed to live is at Mar-a-Lago? Not, I yeah. don't know. Maybe yeah. they're going to squat. I don't know, because technically that is not supposed to be their residence. It's and that not is, technically it, at all. It's legally no. on seven different fronts. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't get that. Um, but normally, yeah, uh, the first lady would uh, would introduce the incoming first lady to the staff that she'll have. They have not met any of the people in uh, the White House. Uh, normally, presidents leaving um, have really sort of emotional goodbyes to the people who have taken care of them. Um, that is not expected with uh, the Trumps because they just look at the, they don't probably even know their names. You think Trump um, is going to leave Biden a letter? If he no. does, it'll probably just say, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck you. I won. And the other, and another little weird uh, note is that um, the guy in charge of all this is the chief usher of the white house. And uh, when Trump came in, he got rid of the chief usher, which is usually a position that goes from from administration to administration. Who was ever who was ever the chief usher with uh, Obama uh, was not for Trump. Trump instead uh, got the guy who was uh, running. Um, I, I don't know what position exactly he had at his uh, hotel in Washington. At the Trump Hotel, director yeah, right. of director of rooms at the Trump Hotel. So 
So he brings this guy over, which was very odd. But I mean, at the time, people said, what? Usually the chief usher actually has a military background. Um, this guy was coming from the Trump administration, although, I mean, Trump organization, although he has said that the first time he ever met Trump was um, at the White House, that he had never met Trump, even though he had worked in one of his hotels. But this poor guy now really loves this job, wants to keep it, and is making clear to anybody who will listen to him that he is not a, you know, a Trump loyalist. And even though he hired a whole bunch of other people from Trump hotels to come in and be White House staff, I don't know that I'd want those people around. No. No. I don't think so. Um, I'd go looking for all the people he fired and hire them back. Ugh. Whatever. I I just can't imagine, the, you know, anyone who's ever moved, and most of us have more than once, uh, knows what a <laughs> what a difficult thing that is. And you got to figure this is a, you know, I think I, of all I the rules. Still, I mean, I would stuff. think, think of, I would think that this is a very difficult move for everybody, but the but the people being moved. It's all yeah. being done for them. So, right, right, right. you know, I mean, and and if you consider that, yeah, if you had four people to do the whole house, but you got hundreds. Mm -hmm. So if you got five people each doing one room, yeah. Not to set you off again, Susan, but Ed just sent me something <laughs> that I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to relay. I'm yeah, calm. I'm going to, Al, I'm going to relay this, but just to call, I don't, just listen. Deep breath. I got it, Zen. Okay, so the Starbucks CEO guy. Yeah, I know. They offered to help logistics. Well, he's, yeah, he told NBC, I just did the math and figured out at this rate of vaccination, it's going to take six, seven, eight years for the country to get vaccinated. Right. <laughs> this is from NPR this morning. Ken Burns looked back to see that in 1947, New York City inoculated its entire population against chickenpox in one month. Mm -hmm. Guys, it's not that it can't be done. It's that we have people in charge who are inept as hell. I mean, well, just I, if it's not even inept, I think we had people in charge that, for God knows what reason, trying to kill were us, purposefully trying to bollocks up the works. Um, and, um, and that's all. So no, I'm not angry. I know that. I know that. So I, I'm just pleading with people not to, not for us, not to make the situation worse. Yeah. You know, let's not create bottlenecks. Let's not right. go rushing off to point A and then to point B. And then well, there was an B. article. Yeah. There was an article in the paper the other day, local paper about some pharmacist here who has the doses and and is giving them to frontline people. And he says his phone does not stop. His phone has been ringing off the hook. This is one pharmacist. And how's he supposed to get anything done? He He's actually hired somebody just to answer his phone. Well, just, just imagine, right, just imagine this in every single doctor's office and yeah, hospital. But exactly. If everybody is calling six times a day 
put me on the list. I want to be on there. Don't do that. You're signing up for nothing. And then you hear stories. Oh, let's not start on this. I don't want to because you um, brought me we, back. We, I'm just sorry, asking sorry. everybody to become. Yeah, it's really disaster. But I be calm as she as she screams well, at the top of her lungs. Be calm! Why can't you people be calm? As I strap on my boxing gloves. Yeah, gosh. Well, so anyway, I'm. I, hey guys, I, I have to tell people this, and I hope nobody's annoyed, but you'll all understand. I decided last night I'm not going to do a show tomorrow. You're just because, gonna, okay, okay. Because I want to watch TV. I want to watch the everything unfold. I think we should, all should. I think we yeah. should all be sitting well, there, you know, with Xanax and popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Have a little popcorn. Maybe a little, little bit Xanax, more Xanax. <laughs> whatever. I want a drink. I know it's early, but off. I uh, like Betty White, who famously on her 98th birthday yesterday said, I can, I'm 98, I'm 99, I can stay up as late as I want and do what I <laughs> think, you know, tomorrow all bets are off. We just, um, you know, I, I, I pray we all live from the beginning of it all the way through to the next day. Yeah, yeah. You remember when, no, I don't want to talk about it. Let, let's, let's just sort of, I, I just, guys, I want to avoid, uh, we'll get to some of the heavier stuff, but right at the moment, there's a few stories that have crossed my eyes. And um, hang on, though, before we move on, I've got some emails I should share, I think. Henry Rice, I saw a piece last night on CNN about president moving out, moving into the White House presidents. They actually talked about mattresses. Okay, Susan. And as you would expect, yes, they do change out the mattresses. Right, right. The Bidens are sleeping in the same bedroom. Oh, my God. But Donald and Melania <laughs> did not. Right. Yes. They had separate bedrooms. Yes. Kale surprise. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's shocking. I am so surprised. <laughs> Okay, um, Henry also says, they also said that the White House is being prepared uh, with, you know, COVID guidelines very specifically. Basically, the residents has been already, dis that can't have been disinfected. The Trumps are still in there. I would say that pandemic or not, I would disinfect the place after pandemic or not. Right, right, which has yeah. nothing to do with the pandemic. Yeah, um, yeah. And the White House will have dogs You never know again. when the president's at his hands, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Roger writes, aren't yeah. you looking forward to boring? It won't be, Roger. It's, I mean, boring. But yes, we president. are. Yes, yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. It is my understanding, Roger says, that three weeks after our second vaccination, we should be, as individuals, fairly safe from the virus. Don't even, will you be safe from the virus? Not fairly safe. These vaccines are unbelievable. Unbelievable. You cannot then transmit it to others. That's another bunch of bullshit, okay? I'm serious. So if double vaccinated individuals walk around the world without masks, we might still be able to spread the virus, but only those, no, they, no, 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 no. I, I, they, don't they know cannot for sure. say for sure, 
But never has there been a virus of this efficacy, this level of efficacy. A vaccine of this level of efficacy. Thank you, Susan. That doesn't then prevent the vaccinated person from giving the virus to somebody else. So that this would have to be so unbelievably oh, talking un- about if somebody with COVID sneezes on a vaccinated person and then you walk into into a room with an unvaccinated person and a gust of wind blows the virus oh, off of God. you and onto that person. Well, I suppose right. you could spread it. Okay. Yeah. Just, okay. What they are really saying is they haven't done the research on it yet. That's really there's not time. There's not time to do there's it. Not time. But, but I mean, that's why you have to fear. read for content. Yeah. The real fear, apparently, why they're saying once you get vaccinated, still wear your mask, social distance, you can hug your grandchildren again, you can eat uh, dinner with people, uh, certain things will get easier, but keep doing all the sort of, you know, uh, they're saying that because they worry about a lot of, you know, every, every time you go out now, people are wearing masks, unless you live in Trump country, I suppose. I mean, I don't see anyone who doesn't have a mask. Right. That, oh, so, they're worried about civil. They're, uh, they're worried about people who don't have, haven't been vaccinated, seeing all these now unmasked people, thinking, "Oh, I, I cannot take wear my, my mask, mask off." That's what it is. You are not going to be a danger. You know what? Well, here's the thing: we've had the lowest flu <laughs> season ever because people are, you know, doing the things that would also control other things. So just protect yourself when you're out and about. Wear a mask. Big deal. We should probably do it anyway. Yeah. You know what? What did I, what did I say? That the, the, the level of flu this year is it's, 98% below right. the level of So if every winter, if every flu season, we pretty much did the mask, off, the flu is gone. And I think every winter I am definitely in public going. Well, they do this everywhere, but well, not everywhere, but certainly in Asia they do. They do, and it's and it's a sign of politeness. Well, it's a sign of yeah, being respectful to other people. Right. So, have you heard about the guy? This is just such an odd story. There's a poor guy now. He's in jail in Chicago. And uh, yes. The poor soul. He was uh, um, he was here on a visa from India, and then um, I guess his visa ran out. Uh, he's 36 years old, and um, he was flying home to India, and he, he got from California to O'Hare, and then somehow at O'Hare he got cold feet. He got scared about going to India, where which at the time was said to be, you know, like a really not. He was terrified of COVID, be clear. Yeah, terrified of COVID, right. So he just stayed in O'Hare and managed to live at O'Hare Airport for well, in a secure area. That's That's where he went wrong. <laughs> for three months. In between a Cinnabon and a shoeshine stand. For three months, this poor guy was there, scared to go home. 
and he survived in uh, on food given and given to him. Um, he started lecturing other travelers on Buddhism and Hinduism and thought that that he started to believe that that's really what he was supposed to be doing. Sounds like he went a little nuts, a little bit nuts, poor soul. And everybody who knows him says he is the kindest, sweetest soul. And he finally got nabbed. And he's in the Cook County Jail now, and going to appear in court in a in a in a few weeks. And poor guy who's so afraid of COVID is now in jail. It's just. Yeah. And for that matter, how if he's so afraid of COVID, would he think being in an airport, one of the busiest airports even now in the world, would be a well, good idea? We've already agreed that he wasn't of sound mind. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> He spent three months living at O'Hare in between a Cinnabon and You would think that somebody could take judicial stand. notice of, you know, yeah, and, and not just, put him in jail. I also want to note that uh, we in Pennsylvania are losing, in this consequential time, our uh, health secretary. Because Joe Biden went and plucked her uh for to be the assistant secretary of health for the nation and that woman is rachel levine yeah and she will be the first transgender person at that level in um government in in federal yeah in federal uh government and uh that's pretty pretty amazing uh so, but we, well, so Pennsylvania, yeah, we, we got to go looking for you. We, we got to go looking for somebody now. Yeah, we don't have people a... have been quitting in droves. Good luck with that. <laughs> because, you know, because the fine citizens of the United States have been threatening them for doing their, for being yes. health professionals. True, true. Um, so I saw this, um, this has nothing to do with anything and I'm not really all that interested, but you know how some, t- the world is so different in so many ways and technology you know has a lot to do with it that often i will see a headline and i will literally will not comprehend what um what the story is or what it's about and here was the headline okay massive blackouts have hit iran the government mining bitcoin is blaming Bitcoin mining. (laughs) And I thought, uh, what? I thought of you when I read that. I said, oh, Lynn's going to understand this one for sure. (laughs) I thought, wait a minute. Those Bitcoin, which I don't even understand, is, is, uh, I know there's a little coin that you do get. And and I, I remember reading somewhere where there is some kind of metal in it that is unusual. So I'm assuming they mean mining, like mining. But that's not what no. I did finally read it. Well, since you're laughing at me, do you want to explain no, how Bitcoin no, mining no, can what, cause massive blackouts? Well, okay, here's what it is. It, the whole thing's virtual, so everybody's online using up all of the bandwidth of the whole country is what I'm figuring. What is it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, blackouts are not new in Iran, uh, blah, 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 blah. 
but Bitcoin mining, what a lot there's something called cryptocurrency farms. And there's a lot of them apparently located in Iran. And that is where uh, you use a whole bunch of computers to verify these transactions made by digital coins, like Bitcoin. And apparently, it creates such a drain on the the electrical grid, I guess, from all the computers that they've, um, yeah, they're using sapping the country dry with, with non-existent money doing very existent financial transactions like, uh, you know, funding revolutions, perhaps the one uh, that's starting in the United States. Well, actually, speaking of the one in the United States, um, I think uh, we better look also uh, to Russia because do you know Parler where all the insurrectionists uh, oh, met up they, and have they given them a uh, they've given them a platform. Parler is back up. It is back online, and that is thanks to the Russians. Well, can I say something good? I'd rather have them out in the open and stupidly followable mm-hmm. than not. Well, right. Uh, that, uh, as somebody that I was reading said, well, this is good because it actually gives us the ability to surveil and target these jerks. Right. However, to get on Parler, so now they are now, Parler is now routed through um, servers in Russia. <laughs> But that means for Russian intelligence as well. That's mm-hmm. a gold mine mm-hmm. because they now have the capacity to really, uh, first of all, apparently to get on Parler, you have to give your social security number and all kinds of other stuff. So every every American who's on there is just going to be totally in the hands of the Russians, which seems perfectly right since this whole Trump phenomenon has been a Russian-run operation. Right, it has been about uh, it, it, the traitors and country. treason, yeah. And, yeah. and so openly that it, it's just sort of mind-boggling. You, 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 the, 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 <laughs> the wolf didn't even have to put on sheep's clothing. It just said, hi, I'm the wolf. Want to come play? Yeah. So... I saw something and it brought back so many memories. This jerk, your senator from Missouri, right. Josh Howley. Is that how it's pronounced? Howley or Howley? Howley. 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 Um, Howley, actually. I, Howley? I, yeah, Josh Howley. Josh Howley. For some Hawley. reason, I have trouble like with H-A-U-L, that. H-A-U-L, Howley. Howley, Howley. I have trouble with that diphthong. You know, that owl. Yeah, yeah, it's That stems, well, but that stems from uh, when I went to acting school and, you know, that old, that old. There were, you, uh, were soft, to, you were supposed to cow, become Hawaii. Cow, now, brown cow. And I never passed how, now, brown cow. They said, no, 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 I couldn't. I, it, it, it's something like, and they had me, you should have seen my face. I dropped my jaw down to, 
how that's better how now now and never got it never got it because where i came from it was how now brown cow. how now brown cow <laughs> and i thought i was i gotten rid of that since i said how now brown cow which doesn't sound bad to me but to the speech instructor at the neighborhood playhouse it was like they chalk on a blackboard black <laughs> it was like oh my god and i never could get it so anyway turns out you know simon and schuster said we ain't going to publish your book you jerk right and he cried and howled, you know, his First Amendment First rights. First Amendment or, rights. Which is bull. Well, and, which um, he as a lawyer from, you know, from Yale should know that your well, First he Amendment rights are in relation to the federal government and suppression <laughs> thereof. Not a private company. Well, he knows that. But That's what I just said. He's pandering <laughs> to the crowd. He's pandering to his I crowd. Know, so I insist on educating the crowd every chance. Okay, so here. So it turns out, and I was so unsurprised to see that another publishing house has said, we'd be more than happy. Well, of course. And that is the publishing house that publishes every and has for 70 years published every insurrectionist, I mean, every right-wing lunatic um, and uh, continues to do so. It's called, it's based in Chicago and it's called Regnery Publishing. Now, here's the thing. When I worked at, um, as a legal secretary mm -hmm. in Madison, Wisconsin, for Melly Shields Walker and Peas, that was the firm. The it one of like the some sort of Spanish stew, Melly Shields Walker and Peas. <laughs> By the way, Peas was the only nice guy in the place. I just adored Mr. Peas. <laughs> but I used to work was... for Lowenhoff, Chaz, Chaznoff, Freeman. No, Lowenhoff, Chaznoff, Freeman, Holland, and Mellitz. Bunch of Jews. Yeah. So no Jews at this one, I assure you. Melly Shields Walker and Pease, they were right wingers. They were union busters. And I was a legal secretary there. Oh, my God. So one of the more noxious attorneys on the staff who was not a partner was this little wet behind the ears. I don't think he was much older than me, probably was two years older than I was at the time was a guy named Al Regnery. And I later, when I started thinking Regnery Publishing, Regnery, I thought, I wonder if he, well, it turns out, yeah, Al Regnery is the son of the founder of Regnery Publishing. And Al Regnery went on, and we both left Melly Shields, Walker, and Pease sort of around the same time. He went on to become this, he pulled, uh, he, he pretty much runs Regnery now. And so I, this, he was the most loathsome character, even in his youth. And shortly after, I'm not sure if he had just left I was now a, t uh, uh, a television reporter in Madison, 
And he ran for district attorney and got clobbered. During that campaign, his wife reported that they were getting threatening phone calls. And Regnery couldn't stop screaming about it. I, you know, the left is after me. I am being, he, he, he publicized it. This was a big part of his campaign. The police got involved. And the Regnery said that his wife had actually been forced to have sexual relations with men who had broken into their home. This, it kept getting worse, threatening. Wait a minute, she'd been raped? Yes, oh yes, she'd been raped by multiple men. Yes, interesting, okay. So, the Madison cops, obviously this is now pretty extraordinary. Well, right. They look into it. They could find not one, <laughs> one scintilla of evidence that anything the Regnerys were saying was true. The only thing they found was a stash of pornography in the Regnerys' home. Well, again, what a surprise. And this guy now is the one, he publishes all the books, all of the Fox News hosts' books, every vile, uh, they, 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 Regnery published Joe McCarthy, they published uh, Father Coughlin, no they didn't, not Father Coughlin, they published every Every horrible anti-democratic, and I don't mean Democratic Party, anti-democratic right-wing person in the universe. The Regnerys have been doing it. And to think I labored for this jerk. But isn't that weird? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. So I, I I had to get that. You know, in. we need to we need to keep our eyes on Holly. Uh, oh because, yeah, because he's, he's Adolf Hitler wannabe. He, he, well, no, he's even worse because he is smart. He's handsome. You know, he looks good <laughs> in his suit, uh, and um, and he is clearly, totally, without any shred of you know morality or you know, thing that you would yeah, not guiding not. someone. Obviously not. Obviously not. So, um, oh, uh, Brooke has, uh, Susan, given your uh, Xanax and um, popcorn uh, menu for watching the inauguration, uh, Brooke says that actually uh, she had come up with a menu before. And the, she, they're going to be eating food from the state's that turned from red to blue. Ah, so cheese curds and well, now wait, let's see what we got. Well, here's what she's got from Pennsylvania. Yes, cheese steaks, cheese steaks, Georgia peach pie, Wisconsin cheddar cheese, Michigan Detroit style pizza, and Arizona. She says we didn't know what to buy for Arizona, so we got a case of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> that oh, is great. That, that is that's great. very cute. I mean, people are you know <laughs> doing what they gotta do, They're figuring out ways to entertain themselves. That's very nice. Yeah. Um, okay. What else I got here? Um, you know, I'm trying to. Have you watched? See, while you're going through your stuff, I'm just going to ask you a, mm -hmm. you know, sisterly kind of question. Have you watched the Fran Lebowitz uh, stuff? No, I haven't. She annoys me a little bit. So I, but I, w I will. Should I? Yeah, you should because you'll, she'll just make you laugh. She will. Yeah. I mean, she's like this sort of classic look down her nose at everybody person, and I don't like that. No, no, no. She even addresses that about yeah. her snobbery. Well, she is. She's yeah, a no, she's, she's classic liberal elitist snob. She says, I do not. She says, am I a snob? In, do I not in the classic sense? I don't look down on people because of who their parents are or where they went to school. She said, I simply look down on people that don't agree with me. <laughs> that's she what I funny. mean yeah, you, will, you will just sit there and go oh okay <laughs> okay well now for somebody who wants more serious fare I do have a recommendation and it's One Night in Miami which um, is oh god what's her name who is Regina oh, a King. King, which is her directorial uh, debut. And it is a oh, that's the one with Ali fictionalized and, uh, account yeah. of something that actually did happen after Ali first became. He was still Cassius Clay, and he, he'd won the heavyweight championship uh, by knocking out Sonny Liston. And... He spent, after the fight, uh, Malcolm X had him and um, uh, Jim Brown, the uh, football, football player, player active, well, who had become an who actor. Was, well, who was, had just started and, that transition of Sam becoming Cook. an actor, and uh, the singer uh, Sam Cooke. Those were the four guys, and they were in that hotel room. And so this is a fit. Nobody knows exactly, but it's a fictionalized account of the conversation. And it is um, it's it's very good. It's serious, but it is very, very good. And um, I think, God, the guy who plays Ali is is just amazing. I mean, just amazing. Okay, I noted um, in terms of an obit, I did note also back to Madison, Wisconsin, a um, a woman, an extraordinary woman, who was the first female chief justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and her name was Shirley Abramson, and um, I met her a few times. Um, she was a, she died a while ago. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, she she died in Berkeley. I don't know she's in Berkeley. She was there with her son. Mm -hmm. um, but she was on the short list for the Supreme Court seat that went to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and uh, she and Ruth Bader Ginsburg were were pals. 
and uh, Ginsburg uh, spoke at her, um, I think her retirement uh, ceremony when she she left. She was pretty much uh, sort of kicked off the court. Um, she, she was sworn in when she became the chief justice by William Rehnquist, who right. was then the chief justice of the United States. I don't think that's always what happens. I don't think chief justices are state chief justices are necessarily sworn in by the chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. But he came to Madison to do that. And um, as and um, when it was over, it was a Sunday. She turned uh, to the people that were there and said, it is my prerogative as uh, the state's new chief justice to begin with a momentous announcement. The Packers and Vikings are tied. You're go <laughs> <laughs> They're going into overtime. Yeah, right. You're going, don't worry, you're going to be home in time for the second half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So. They actually passed. This is when, you know, this is in the, uh, when the conservative Republicans took over Wisconsin. They actually managed to pass a constitutional amendment when Walker was the governor mm -hmm. that took away her right to continue serving as the chief justice. The chief justice had always been the most senior member on the court. And God knows there wasn't anybody more senior than she. I mean, she'd been on the court for a million years by then. And she, I think, at least three decades. And she'd been Chief Justice, what, since 1996. So this is 2015. And they wanted her out of there so bad they couldn't see straight because she was a great, great liberal. And they passed, they got that constitutional amendment passed, and she was booted by the Republicans that had been managed to, you know, be put on the court. Well, yeah, the Wisconsin court is a, is a political court. It is totally. people run to be on the Supreme Court, which I just yeah. find appalling. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So anyway, I just I I, I wanted to note her past. She was a great woman, could have uh, been on the uh, Supreme Court of the United States, but very happily, um, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, did just fine in her in her stead. Uh, Beth writes, "I'm excited and about tomorrow, and most concerned about the inauguration." Yeah. I hope that Biden tells Nancy not to attend. Well, she'll be there. If something happens, God forbid, we do not need a President Pompeo. Is the Secretary of State? Well, but it would be the... Um, yeah, he's out. He'd be out. And it would be uh, this guy named Blinken is, would be the Secretary of State. Um, Nod's taking over commerce. Who? What? You said Blinken. I'm thinking Winken oh, and Nod. Oh, Nod is taking <laughs> Winken, Blinken, and Nod. 
you know, yeah, it's it's getting. But the you know the 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 dangers to Biden and Pelosi will not end if they survive the inauguration tomorrow. We're we're back to being terrified all the time. We are a nation essentially at war with ourselves. These people wanted a civil war. Well, we've got one. We are in the grip again of terrorists. Yep. um, And and I had an epiphany, Lynn. I I know why we kept Guantanamo. To put them in it. To put the American Taliban in it. Well, that's a good idea. Let them talk amongst themselves there. I figured that out this morning right before. <laughs> I that's what's good. That's why we couldn't quite get rid of that. And now we've got something to do with it. Yeah. Put right back for terrorists, our own. Well, the, you know, the scary thing about um, <clears throat> scary thing, things um, the scary thing, though, is that the way these people, this will now be this ingrained grievance, bigger than Ruby Ridge, bigger than all of the, you know, ones before it that that uh, animated this, uh, these right wingers uh, in the past. And now we have this derangement of them. That they're living in an entirely uh, different reality, so much so. And I'm not talking about necessarily all the ones that's that are totally nuts and would resort to violence. The latest poll taken yesterday shows that 73% of people who are Republicans believe that there was widespread voting fraud, and thus that Joe Biden is really an illegitimate president. 73% of the Republicans. Yeah, but I would like to point out that you don't know what that number means. Who still identifies as a Republican? I mean, I read this morning that in Arizona, right after January 6th, 5,000 registered Republicans in Arizona dropped their affiliation. Well, I know that's happening. So when they say 73% of the people that that are willing to still call themselves Republicans, that number is drastically reduced. I don't think drastically is the right adverb. I don't. I mean, I don't know. You know, when you listen to these people, these, you know, people, here's, again, here's who we're fighting. This woman in, here's a woman who's quoted in an article in the Times. Uh, she's, she's a wreck. She's like hysterical. And she says that she had read on uh, Facebook that the Biden administration was going to take children away from their parents. And she said, I am in a total state of... Uh, well, I don't know what is happening. And I'm thinking, did did she not see the Trump administration take children away from their parents? What? What? They are insane. They are insane. I suppose they think they're going to take their children away from them and take put them in, uh, you know, <clears throat> internment camps to be um, re-educated. Well, is that a bad idea? <laughs> yeah. 
And she said, I can't fathom what my country is becoming. I just sit here in my in tears. I'm crying all the time. So as scared as we are on our side, they're in their delusion as frightened on theirs. And here's another quote. I believe in a world where force has to be used to stop evil. And that's what they think Democrats are. Yep. Yeah. Oh, then there's the father that went to the insurrection and threatened yeah. to murder his for children his kids. If, right. if they turned him in because then they would be traitors. So his wife turned him in. Yeah. Well, the good news is it's actually there are a number of cases of children turning in their parents. <laughs> children have waited decades, <laughs> generations, <laughs> centuries to have good cause to call the cops and turn in their parents. This is a boon for children. Really. So, you know, I, I was thinking of these these fools, uh, these dangerous, dangerous fools who th- who think of themselves as patriots. Um, Crusaders. Crusaders and patriots, right? Because they're Christian soldiers. Yes, yes. And, and, and they think they're somehow taking on, you know, this totalitarian communist, uh, communists or something. And then you look at this Navalny in Russia. Right. Going back. This is, I'm thinking, the contrast between a true patriot, a courageous man willing to go right back in to the lion's den after they had, he knows they want him dead, and he goes back. He is a patriot fighting totalitarians. And the contrast between these clowns in all their get-ups and gear. Yeah, what is it with the costumes? I mean, you know, honest to Pete. Well, I don't know. You know, it's like the, it's like the, it's like, it reminds me of me, you know, when I was a young mom and wanted a cute tennis outfit, but I didn't want to pay the price of having to pay and play the sport, you know. I mean, it's like, it's all about the, the get up. <laughs> right. So here's another thing. The Pentagon now apparently is exceedingly concerned about. Yeah, they got these- a fat. 26,000 soldiers before the inauguration. Well, you think they could if they think they could vaccinate them at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. The military is got to be full of because who is attracted to positions where you get to have guns and and have this power and uh, you know <clears throat> a lot of the people that are drawn to like law enforcement for the wrong reasons and the military for the wrong reasons, there's just got to be tons of them. Um, in we know there's just tons of them. There's they're infiltrated all through our law enforcement. Well, you know they through the I FBI. I, haven't you felt felt like there's been an article every two months of a murder at Fort Bragg? 
Oh, gosh, Fort Bragg, it was unbelievable. They had, I mean, it was unbelievable. It just keeps happening every, you know, so, I mean, there's clearly a problem that has been festering for a very long time. And, yeah, they ought to look. They should have looked a long time ago. Well, I think at Fort Bragg, a number of uh, people in positions of authority were relieved of their command. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but I think. Yeah, but it hasn't stopped. Well, no, that's not going to stop it. It has to stop at the recruitment level. And then and then it has to stop with, um, you know, who are the next level? Who are the who are the, uh, you know, people with uh, with power in that hierarchy who oversee? Or who are the people that don't just don't simply pick up? You know, that you have to be able to pick up the cues that someone is not responding normally, you know, in in terms of what they're learning and how they apply it. Uh, There are cues if you're willing to see them. And if you see them is an issue. The problem is, is if there's a culture where the cues are are part of the culture. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see this part, Beth. I'll I'll let that on. I didn't know she went to Chatham. And she says, I have much pride in my Chatham sister, Chatham University, right two blocks from my house. And my Chatham sister, Muriel Bowser, mayor of D.C. Yeah. She she came up here to Chatham? Interesting. Um, Okay, so I had this uh, epiphany. Um, You know who I... You know, well, Josh Hawley is, um, you know, thinking that he would be the Republican standard bearer in 2024. And Cruz thought the same thing. And they were jockeying for, you know, for the uh, for their base, their base base. Never was a word more applicable. More accurate. Right. Yeah. Their base. And. I'm thinking if the party manages to somehow rid itself of the more noxious, obvious members, uh, uh, you know, uh, and and are able to nominate somebody who they think has a good shot, you know who they want? Nikki Haley. Yeah, of course. Right. Nikki Haley. Now, stop and think. 2024. Nikki Haley versus Kamala Harris. That's what they're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Nikki Haley versus Kamala Harris. And stop and think of that. That would be, I mean, historic in that you have two women, but it ain't just two women. It's two women of color. Women of color, women of Indian heritage, and women whose parents were immigrants to the country. So I I think, and Nikki Haley is dangerous. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's dangerous because she appears to be more moderate than she is. Exactly. Thanks for finishing my sentences. You pause as if searching, so I just fill it right in. (laughs) Well, thank you. I do so appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad I'm not irritating the crap 
No, if you get it right, it irritates me if you get it wrong, but you got that right. It was absolutely uh, right. Okay, so guys, I think we're done. And again, I want to say, I, uh, forgive me, but I, I don't want to be babbling here for an hour when, you know, this historic day uh, is unfolding tomorrow. So let's just call the show off. I'll be back on Thursday, okay? Okay, fine with me, Lynn. All right, well, thank you. I do appreciate it. I really, really do. Okay. So let's all keep our fingers crossed, and um, but we're in for a rough time. Uh, this is going to be really rough. I know, but let's all hand, fold hands, metaphorically speaking, of course, and step right into our futures. That's right. That's right. Suze, thanks very much. Go, okay. go punch somebody. That's and, what I'm uh, going to do. And I'm going to enjoy the fact that I see some blue sky out know, there. I've been so, oh my God, it's unbelievable. Okay, talk to you guys on Thursday. Okay, I got a feeling we'll have a lot to talk about. Bye bye. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.